Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Dave Seeger and Giles Aniam of Gunners Town. And we've got a show of two halves, as the old cliche goes. We're looking ahead to Arsenal's transfer targets. Then, of course, the biggest game of the season. Arsenal's biggest game for quite some time. That Europa League final against Chelsea in Baku. But first of all, we're hearing all about these transfer rumblings, transfer rumours, and can they give us a clue, gents, as to how Emery wants to play next season? I think so. I think Giles does as well. I think it's um, people are getting agitated about some of the players we've been, particularly Ryan Fraser keeps coming up and people, oh yeah, he can't dribble, he can't, he can't do this, he can't do that, he can't take a player on. And I'm just thinking, my personal take on it is he finished the season with two strikers. We obviously played better at the end of the season with two strikers, not with one of them out wide. Uh, and that gives us a choice of two formations for me, which is the, what we're playing now with three at the back and sort of four in, four in midfield with wing-backs and perhaps Ozil or Iwobi behind the pair. Or we actually have a 4-4-2. Now, in a 4-4-2, that's how Ryan, Ryan Fraser is playing now with Brooks on the other side for Bournemouth. So that's the sort of thing I'm talking about. You know, is the players we're being linked to giving us a clue as to what Emery's thinking for next season? Because I think we've seen so much change with Emery this season, haven't we, Giles? From like week yeah. to weeks, you know, periods in the season where he's definitely going to be 4-2-3-1. He's definitely going to be 4-3-3. He's definitely going to be this. And, and at the end, he's settled on something finally seems to be a good formula with two strikers. So I can't see him starting next season without the two strikers, particularly if we're extending their contracts. So he's going to be looking for players then, you think, Dave, who can operate in a two-striker system. That's what we're now looking at. Um, I think he'll still be chopping and changing, but I think he's looking for people that can can provide support and service for those two because, um, as we've seen, those those two are the only real contributors to um, uh, providing goals for themselves as well as getting goals for themselves. Yeah, when you look at someone like Ryan Fraser, you know, created 90-odd chances, Mm. 25 big chances. 14 assists. Yeah, 14 assists. And and Arsenal, we've got Iwobi, Mkhitaryan and Kalazanak created two mini sorry 10 meaningful chances yeah. each so and so basically our, mo, our our most creative talent really has been our left wing back now i just wonder whether some for example does he think ryan fraser i don't think giles agrees but could ryan fraser play in the position that kalazinak's playing now for example uh, and if we're looking at the center backs he's been linked to uh, is he looking at center backs that can play very comfortably in, 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 a, in a three and is, is he looking at a left footed center back therefore so he doesn't have to play holding or or, or, or you know because monreal not getting any younger, so this is the sort of thing I'm talking about. Yeah, um, I agree with the the left the left sided uh, centre back. We'll obviously talk about Hermosa in, in a few minutes, but um, I noticed the, there was a lot of stats and numbers going around. But one of the one something that really uh, caught my attention was the fact that Arsenal don't have any of any, none of our defenders can make more than ten passes in the opposition half per game, which is really power poor compared to Man City, Liverpool. And Chelsea. Do you think that's a question of the quality of defender we've got? Or is it the system? Or is it a bit of both? I think um, our defenders are quite safe. Our centre-halves are quite safe ball players. They all play, if they can play a safe five or ten yard pass, they will. 
going through the lines. I know Mustafi can do it, Socrates can do it, but they're not they're not consistent. Because Shelney's a natural at yeah. it, but he's not, not getting any younger. Yeah. He used to do it a lot, obviously, yeah. in his younger days. He would stride forward and, you know, but he certainly doesn't do it as often yeah. as he used to. So, you know, a ball playing left-sided centre-half, probably I wouldn't be surprised if that's on the list. Or You know, but um, in terms of, um, as I, I care what Dave said, look, we've struggled for getting assists and big chances. Our strikers, I think, I think it's been said in the in the, in the Telegraph today. Aubameyang is probably the most effective striker in the Premier League in terms of we don't create a lot of chances. The chances that we do create for him, he's the most efficient at converting in the Premier League, despite the fact that he's, he misses a lot of chances as well. So we've got to up that. We've got to up our chance creation so that guys like him and 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 um, Lacazette can can finish more 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 chances. I mean, do you think, Giles, there's any possibility? that we could see Arsenal playing the Bournemouth formation, for example, in a 4-4-2, with, or 4-4-1-1. Because or, or I Diamond don't, 2 or something. I, I, yeah, or yeah, Diamond. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see... I don't see us as effective when he had Aubameyang out on the left in the four-two-three-one. No. I think he's he's obviously decided that he does want to play those two together. And for me, that means it's either four-four-two or diamond, or it is what we're currently playing, and that's the choice. And is he going to buy players that can play comfortably in both formations, or is he going, as you say, buy players where he's going to chop and change, like he has with perhaps Kalazinak is a definitely a wing back, whereas mm. Monreal can easily comfortably be a fullback. I think it was really interesting. I don't know if you saw the article that came out in a Spanish paper today. Um, they had an interview with um, with Emery, and he was talking about we've got to be effective both as um, ball, uh, as dominant possessive uh, team as well as counter attacking team. So that's I'm not even sure if we're always going to play the two up front. Mm. I think what he's looking for is players that are dexterous that can play different situations, different formations. And I think the reason why some people aren't so um, as enthusiastic about, about about getting phrases like you said, he doesn't dribble as much. Mm. Um, apparently, his off the ball work isn't as good as. As, as we would like, you know. Um, so in terms of a pressing formation... I've seen people show me things that prove he does do that and he doesn't do that, I don't know, these... Yeah, so, I mean, I've, I haven't really seen his off-the-ball work, but apparently it's not as great, as, as good as, as it could be, you know. Um, is he can't be worse than a Wobi in that situation. Well, it can't be worse than... <laughs> um, you know, so... It, I don't know, is Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth a, ball pos- a ball-dominant team or they're a counter-attacking team? I don't know. So these are kind of, um, you know... Um, variables that people aren't sure about things that we've got to determine over the summer and I think once if if, if Ryan Fraser does come into the into the club you know it, it would you know we'll determine over the summer during pre-season what formation what style what system he's good at yeah and what styles and systems will be rotated out of as yeah. well as the, the, the you know, and again, I, we'll see some some games we we'll play two up front we might see games where but, the, but, it, but interestingly in the last few weeks Whereas if you, if three or four weeks ago, everyone was saying, okay, we know we need a centre-back, we need a left-back, we need a replacement for Ramsey and we need a winger. Suddenly no one's talking about the left-back. Certainly there's no rumours linking mm. us to any left-back. So you think, hmm, that's odd. Mm. Because there's no way Monreal is capable of playing left-back in the Premier League in a side that's going to challenge for, for trophies, I think, much as I love the guy and he's mm. been an incredible servant. And we all think, I think, um, that Klazenak isn't a left-back. So if we're not being linked to any left backs, is that are we saying is that indicating that he is going to stick with a three in most and rely on Monreal when he needs to? Well, we've got to remember that as a couple of weeks ago, David Ornstein said the primary. He said there were two primary positions, which was midfielder and centre half, I yeah. think, and then the secondary would be a wide player and then possibly a left back. So it's still early in the summer. We don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they'll find someone during the summer. So I'm not going to. 
I, I, I'm really loath to make any kind of um, um, projections yet because mm. you know it's it's so early in the piece. But what is what is sorry, Johnny? What is interesting is it does appear you know what you're hearing, what I'm hearing. Mm. Charlie's obviously you know giving us the odd feed that we are drawing up lists. Mm. These are serious links, mm-hmm. and whichever happens, whichever way it goes after Wednesday night, we are going to move early this summer. It yeah. seems. Well, you'll be moving early, but who will Arsenal be moving early for? Because coming up, we're hearing that Arsenal could have two different lists of transfer target. One for if they get Champions League football, one for if they don't. Don't go anywhere. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio, and we're hearing that Arsenal could have two separate lists of transfer targets. One for Champions League qualification, should it happen. One for Europa League football in its absence. But before we get on to who might be on which list, Dave, you were mentioning that you're confident that this window, despite previous of deadline day scrambles, Arsenal will be doing their transfer dealings early. Well, that's that's the impression. I mean, I'm not saying I know that. I'm saying that's the impression I'm getting, you know, the hierarchy at the club are making very positive noises. And it's not it's not the club saying there's going to be two lists. That's just a logical summation, by the way. When you say we're hearing, that's you're hearing it from me and Giles. <laughs> but uh, that's what we think. But it, it, it's logical. Yeah. Um, because what we have heard a lot of in the press is this is the amount of money to spend if we're not in the Champions League and this is the amount of money we have to spend and those monies will vary depending on which media outlet we're listening to or reading but there are two different monetary amounts and obviously then add player sales on top so it's logical they're going to have to prepare two lists so when you're saying one on one on one day you're reading about Ryan Fraser the next day you're reading that we're out there you know talking to Pepe's agent so that that's a that's a sort of 50 million pound price differential so you have to assume mm-hmm. yeah there are yeah. two lists absolutely um, and also on, on top of that um, as you said, San Lee, he did come out in that interview last week and he said, he, he kind of laughed at the suggestion of deadline day signings. Like he said, look, ordinarily that wouldn't happen and that's certainly not how we're going to play things. So, um, he, you know, he's also, he was very quite bullish about the fact that we're already making progress, even though we don't have a technical director. And I think a lot of fans, myself included, were quite worried that one wasn't in place already, but it sounds like, you know, they're pressing ahead. With, with transfer, he targets. also did say that that the, the the players, some of the players we're talking to, yeah. expect us to be in the Champions League. Yeah. So we know that the conversations are being had with those type of players, which can't be concluded till after yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. So who do you think is on which list? You mentioned a couple of names there, Fraser and Pepe. Fraser, of course, despite being an excellent Premier League performer, could be a bit cheaper than you would expect because his contract is running down at Bournemouth. Do you think the club would be able to get him even if they don't get Champions League football? I think what was interesting, I don't know if it was last week, late last week, they were saying that we're going to press ahead with the Ryan Fraser deal. After Wednesday, or we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna see how that plays out after Wednesday, which made me think, well, if he was gonna be assigned regardless, you know, where we are, which competition we are, wouldn't have, wouldn't really, wouldn't really matter. But if we're pressing ahead after, maybe they're concentrating on just the Champions League. But yeah. I just thought to myself, mm, maybe he's on the secondary list. I don't know, but that's that's just my feeling. He might be on the second. If we lose the Champions League, um, the the Europa League final, then you know, he might well be. Well, he, he, he certainly 15, is. What, 18 million we're well, talking about? Well, I mean, we, we, they, they're talking about 30 million at Bournemouth and the press, I think it was The Independent, ran an article saying that Bournemouth would be looking for 30 million. Obviously, that's not going to happen. 20, I think. But, but what I've heard is that Arsenal are looking in the region of 16 to 18 million and there has to be that extra bit because obviously they've got to play Aberdeen 
20 percent uh, sell on so that that's why the 15 million would become 18 million and i personally think you know for the stats and what we've seen this season and i you know, love, oh, it was a one-season wonder. I, I thought, I thought he was very good last season as well. Yeah. I mean, he certainly played well against us, and he's, you know, uh, this thing about not beating a player. You know, I look at I go back a bit further than some. I look at Jordy Armstrong, you know, and I look at Brian Marwood. Some of our best wingers, they crossed the ball early. They didn't have to beat a man. If they saw something, they that Brian Marwood used to put the ball in. He catch everyone out. He put the ball in early, and that's what Ryan Fraser does. And everyone's saying, "Oh yeah, but all his assists are from set pieces." We are dreadful at set pieces, so it's hardly yeah. a bad re- a bad but thing about. I him, think you know? probably we're thinking of um, Phil Walker, who didn't have a dribble in, didn't have a, couldn't beat a man. You know, but um, you know, he well, didn't assist. even use his pace at no, the end, did he? No, he got assist. So this, you know, so I, I can see both sides of the argument. We don't have a. Dy- I want to see a dynamic player. Out yeah. wide. I think we lack that that dynamism. That but then what, we tone. always had that. You you had that balance. You yeah. Know, you, so if we like, we had Overmars on one side and Parler on the other, mm. and that's what Bournemouth had. Brooks is a jinking, mm. pacey, tricky winger. Ryan Fraser is more direct. Get the ball in early. So great delivery. Would you think if we get Fraser, we're going to get somebody else who, I, or we're going to develop somebody maybe Nelson or? This is why I think. I think four four two or a diamond is an option for us because I think if we got two solid central midfield players, the mm. creativity can come from wide, as it did with Perez and Lundberg, you know, Parler and Overmars. I don't, and we are seeing teams going back to that formation. You know, mm. five years ago, oh, you can't go back to a four four two. You're a dinosaur, but it is actually coming back into vogue now. And I do think, it, you know, it's, it has a place in modern football again. And if you look at Look at all the great Ferguson sides, you know. With mm. with you had a you had a box to box winger on both sides. People who had all the talent going forward, but were willing to do that. And that's why I think someone like Ryan Fraser fits the bill because I think he will work, uh, and I think he will work box to box in a four four two. That's only a summation. Mm. No, it's very interesting. I think you're spot on in terms of a four four two coming back into fashion. But would you not worry at all that if Arsenal did play a four four two, they could get taken apart? by perhaps more Depends tactically on fancy, sophisticated sides. Well, I mean, a Liverpool or a Man City, if, if you, are they going to struggle? Yeah, but you wouldn't necessarily play that formation in, as, as Charles said, yeah, but we'll change formations. Courses for courses, so I don't think it'll be one formation and one system flat. It'll be, as we've seen, you know, he'll, mm. he'll, cho- he'll change it. Hopefully not as choppy and change as it has been, but, you know, he'll study the opposition but, and use certain, certain... But then if you then look at, I know we're going to talk about him in a minute, but if you look at either Pepe or... Alexis Claude Maurice, both whom one we've been heavily linked to and one apparently we've already put in a bid for, both of them are playing in four two three one formations, I believe, or four, four three three four, in Pepe's three, case. Yeah, so Pepe's yeah. definitely an out and out yeah. attacking winger. What I like and Maurice his, plays yeah. anywhere in the three behind a yeah. single striker. Yeah. So that so that that throws a completely different yeah. you know, set of balls up in the air, doesn't it? Yeah. So uh, um, I, I don't know much about Maurice and I'm hopefully your friend will mm. come on and, and talk more about it. But I mean I would like to know what he's because Listening, reading Emery's comments today, he's talking about the physicality or the, the, the physical level of the Premier League, the off the ball work, the pressing work. These are the intensity. These are the things that he prides himself. Uh, he prides a lot in his team, and I want to know if this boy can do that. You know, I know I've seen Pepe. I know what Pepe's about. I know he can do that. I'm Fraser. I'm on the fence on. But I, yeah, I would like to know, you know, if if this boy Maurice is 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 as good off the ball as he is on the ball, because those are, those are key factors in, in yeah, any course, Emery yeah. team. Well, he's very very direct. Mm. He's very pacey. He's two footed, which I like because mm. we've got very few two footed players, so he can play on either flank, uh, or 
you know, I'm, as you know, Giles, I like the idea of have a running ten rather than mm. a passing ten. He could do that job yeah. as well. But as I say we've got um, you know, we, we, more of an expert than me on the phone coming shortly. But yeah, it, it, but equally, if you're buying an 18 year old from League Two, nobody when we bought Gwendozi expected him to play. 40-odd games this season. Mm. And I don't think Alexis Claude Maurice, although obviously he's looking at his friend who's come from the same club getting a lot of game time, so that would be an incentive for a young player to come to Arsenal, which I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he'd be expecting to get as much game time as mm. Gwendouzi, and we are going to have a lot of games next year. Mm. I'm a big fan of Gwendouzi, but even so, is he perhaps not a bit of a cautionary tale with reference to Claude Maurice? Because he turned up, did play, was very impressive. But by the end of the year, lots of Arsenal fans were saying, listen, he's exciting, but he's probably played more football than we'd have liked. And we could have perhaps had a more successful year had we also brought in a more experienced option. Would you worry that Unai Emery might again focus on a young French kid from Lorient rather than an experienced hand? I think he's going for, he's, he's looking at midfield isn't he mm. um, as, a, as, 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 as another place uh, option uh, I think we have to be honest mm. in that Gwendouzi wouldn't have played as many games at the end of the season had Ramsey not got injured mm. I mean Gwendouzi was very firmly not in the first three choices of midfield yeah. by January, February and he, you're right Johnny he was incredibly exciting at the start of the season and that's the, that's the Gwendouzi I rather would rather remember than the one that we were all getting a little bit frustrated with by the end because he is not a bad player. He, I think he's got an incredibly mm. high ceiling. PSG and Barcelona are not going to be linked to a player. Mm. Um, you know, However strong those rumours are or weak, they are not going to be linked to a player by the press or anyone who's, who's not got a future. You know, you know what also really irks me about people's assessment of, of Guendouzi is that they forgot that he's a youngster. And youngsters, they're going to have growing pains. They're going to fluctuate, especially in the second half of the season where he's not been used to this intensity in Premier League. So his, his, his performances will fluctuate and tail off. And any young player coming in, we're going to have to be wary of that. Well, yeah. it's time to get the inside line on young uh, li- young Alexis Claude Maurice. We're going to be joined on the line by Arnaud Touche of West France, uh, who will be telling us what kind of player he is and how he could operate in that Emery system, whatever it is. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow and Dave Seeger and Giles Aniam of Gunnerstown. And I'm delighted to say that we're also joined on the line by Arno Touche of West France. Uh, Arno, first of all, Alexis Claude Maurice, what kind of player is he? Hello to everybody. Hello, Arno. Uh, Hi, Arno. I am driving, so I hope you can uh, hear me well. Yeah, just about. <laughs> Okay, uh, what kind of player? Alex is a um, um, young uh, forward, a striker that can play on the, either on the left side or uh, behind the striker, uh, like a number 10 a little bit. So is he not um, a conventional 9, Arno? Not a centre forward? No, 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 he's not a 9. He's a, he really likes to, um, to put himself between the lines, between the, the defence and the, and the midfield of the uh, opponent. And then uh, that's where he's dangerous to, to get the ball between the, between the lines. And Arno, in, in the Leon formation most of the season, it's been a four-two-three-one, has it not? And he's uh, been playing. Yes, he's it, been playing primarily cutting in from the left. It, it, sorry, wait, wait a minute. Uh, yes, Lorient played a lot in four-two-three-one. Um, so with him on the left, and times. Uh, in the in the what do you say in the number ten position behind the striker, but uh, I think his real position, the, 
the way he can express it the best uh, is uh, in in the center in this ten position. Uh, I think to, for him on the on the on the left side is not the most uh, best the, the best position in my opinion. And he he also I, I interviewed him a few times uh, this this year and uh, he also recounts that he prefers to play to play behind the striker. Bonjour, Arnold. Yeah. Um, Giles here. Um, you say that oh, no. he likes to play the number 10 position. There's been a lot of, uh, when I've come across Dave's tweets and um, correspondence about um, talking to you guys at Lorient, there's lots of talk about him either replacing Saar or Pepe. So I'm looking, I'm looking and I'm thinking, is he, he's quite dynamic, this, this, this boy Maurice? He's quite a dynamic, fast, quite intelligent mover. Um, it's quite, he must have a quite a high level of intensity. What makes him so similar to those guys that makes Arsenal so interesting? I, in him? I wouldn't say he's, he's similar to Pepe. Pepe, Pepe is, is more uh, explosive, you know, he's, he's got incredible legs, he's got an incredible speed and uh, acceleration. Uh, Claude Morris is more, um, I would say, uh, sub, subtle, subtle, subtle player. Uh, he's not so powerful, you know, he, he doesn't run, he doesn't run faster than the, the two guys you say. Right. Uh, he's more like a clever player, but um, uh, not the same skills as the two it, it, at it, and, the, and, and the Pepe. In, in, younger, in, though. So, yeah, but in an, yeah, Ar so, in an Arsenal comparison then, would... would I'm not comparing the talent here or the what they've achieved in the game, but would Robert Perez be a good comparison then? Uh, I, yeah, closer to Perez than the two, than the two other you, you said. For me, all all proportion uh, keeps. Uh, um, sorry for my English, but no, that's terrible. fine. For me, it would get. Um, it's, it's more in the style of Neymar, you know. But all against uh, all all proportions uh, keep. Huh? <laughs> is uh, is more in this style, you know, um, um, like dribbling and uh, going between the lines and looking for the little uh, hole to, to play the ball and. Uh, He's not the one who, who will take the ball and dribble uh, three, four, five players with the speed and everything. He's more, um, yeah, um, one of his big uh, qualities is um, his um, kick, uh, hit, when he kicks the ball. You know, he's, he can uh, score from, far from the, from the box. I think this year he scored like 10 or 11 goals uh, outside the... Um, 16 meters. Wow, there's no one so does that he, at Arsenal, he, barring Shaka, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, he has a very precise foot, very precise. Foot. And he's two-footed, and, he, and he's two-footed as well. Yeah, uh, yeah but uh, whoops, sorry. He, he, um, he can use both feet. He can use both feet, Arno. Yes, yeah, to, to, to keep the ball, he can use uh, both feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Arno, if he does and, uh, sign for Arsenal, how much would you expect him to play? He's a young player. Be careful. It's it's not a, he's not a huge star now. He's a he's a young player. He has he has to improve, especially in one field. It's uh, physically, you know. It's is a he's a thin player. Uh, he's not he's not big. Uh, so he has to if he plays for in English Premier League, he will have to really really improve uh, physically. And uh, and muscle muscle mass muscle. But what did, what did you think last year when we signed, for example, when we signed Gwen Doozy from from Lorient? 
did you think that Guendouzi was ready to step up and play in the physicality of the English Premier League? Um, Guendouzi, well, Guendouzi is a little bit different. He, he has, a, I think, physically, I think he was a little bit more ready than Claude Maurice. Uh, but I, I, when he signed for Arsenal, I, I didn't expect he would play so much games. But I, the, big, the big difference maybe between them is that Guendouzi is a, is a killer in his mind, you know. He's, he's a, he's a, he, he doesn't doubt. He, he's, he's very sure of, of himself. And uh, uh, he's like uh, one of... Uh, he could be a captain because he, he, he has a lot of personality. Alexis Claude Maurice is more in a dis- discretion, you know. In a, he, he, I think maybe a little, little bit shy uh, or not so expressful. The way you're describing uh, I'm, getting, I'm sorry, Honor, The way you're describing it, I'm getting visions of Thomas Lemar when he was at Monaco more intelligent, knits the play together, moves into in space between the lines and links yeah, play together. Yeah, yeah. That so, sort of... That so, so sort Malema, of mid- so Malema is a good comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And what about... Comparison. And I know, Giles, you want, what about you want to ask about his work rate off the ball? Yeah. Because if he is going to be asked to play on the left, just say he comes to Arsenal, um, because that's probably where he's been playing this season, does he work back and support his fullback? Defensively. If... If the coach uh, asks him, he will try to do it. But uh, it's better to, <laughs> as I said... That's a no, then. <laughs> no, but uh, as I said, it's better to, to make him forget, you know, I have to disappear. And then when he gets the ball, no, he's, he's really dangerous. He's, he's a poison. When, uh, uh, when he gets quick the ball, if, if, uh, I think it's not the kind of player who, who has to spend the energy to you know, like Carlos Tevez or whatever, to, to run after the defensive. Uh, he, he had to yeah. just well, uh, what, wait, well, wait between the lines. And when he gets the ball and turns back to the goal, it is very dangerous. One more question then, Arno, because when I was speaking to you a couple of days ago, you know, when we were, all the English media were reporting that we'd uh, made a bid of, Arsenal made a bid of £7 million, you said since the coach resigned, it's all a bit quiet at the club and you you were trying to contact the club to get a comment. Have you managed to... To, to sort of have any confirmation of what the English media are reporting back in France, or, or have you still not managed to get that? No, yeah, yeah. I managed to get some information, uh, not from the club, but um, what what I got today is that uh, maybe you will get disappointed, but um, it has to, to get confirmed. But um, Lorient didn't receive any bid from, from Arsenal. Uh, the, the bid they received was, in my, in my sources, from another English uh, football club. Norwich. Of Premier League. No, not Norwich. Another one. I don't know which one. Interesting. Another one. There's an exclusive which, for which Love is, Sport. Which is, which, which is not Arsenal, which is not Tottenham, but uh, which is not Norwich. Maybe it's I Aston think it's Villa. A club, uh, uh, I don't think so. It's a club like a middle, middle class, uh, middle... Um, mid-table. Uh, how mid- do you say? Mid-table. 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 Mm-hmm. mid-table club. I, I don't know which one. Right. And uh, but 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 I, I'm not. I, I have to finish my my um, research. My sentence. Yeah. Arsenal is interested in. I got the confirmation that Arsenal is interested in uh, Alexis Morris and maybe would be would prepare something. Uh, but uh, the club of Lorient didn't receive any any offer from uh, from Arsenal. Oh, thanks yes. for that. Thanks for that exclusive, Arno. Mm, yeah, perhaps yes. Arsenal. Yeah, aren't... I, I, I st- I didn't even write the article, no. You, you, you call me, but I have to write it. Maybe I, I will write the piece, the 
Send me a link on <laughs> send me a link on direct message, Arno. Thank you. Thank you very much. Wonderful stuff. Thank you, Arno. Arno Touche of West Force there giving us his take on it less seat. Claude Marie sounds like an interesting talent, but perhaps not one who's bound for Arsenal. I uh, after all, coming up for Arsenal next, they are, of course, bound for Baku. It'll take them eight days to get there, but they will be playing the Europa League final against Chelsea. And how should they approach it? Don't. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio and it's Europa League final week. A massive game for Arsenal, not just in terms of an opportunity to win silverware, but also because it could lead to qualification for the Champions League. Gents, looking ahead to that final against Chelsea in Baku, does the starting lineup pick itself? Um, I think it does. See what Giles says. I don't know. I don't know. I, I... I, I wouldn't believe it's too dissimilar to what he started at, uh, at Valencia. Obviously, there's still a question mark. For me, there's still a question mark over the goalkeeper. I don't believe there's these, these, this folklore that he's promised um, Czech the starting berthing goal. And, well, there know. are, of course, rumours as well that Czech will be returning to Chelsea yeah, as director I, re, re, of football re, yeah, after the game. Regardless of that, I don't think he's promised him anything. like this, this thing has turned into some sort of you know, folklore. Soap opera, yeah. Soap opera. I don't believe that at all. So there's the, there's the the question about that, but apart from that, I think I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he if they're all fit, he picks the same eleven that started against uh, Valencia. No, I agree. That's straightforward. I literally think. I mean, taking Giles's point on the keeper. I mean, it's an interesting point because I do think you know both these. It's Monreal, Koscielny, uh, Socrates, Shaka, Torreira, um, and um, the two wing backs, Maitland Niles and Klasenak, and the two up front. I think that that is the team. But the goalkeeper thing's an interesting one because I think I read something on Twitter the other day and I thought that really resonated with me. You, you spend the whole season trying to build a team to play out from the back and in the biggest game of the season you play a keeper that's one-footed who can't do it. It does make no sense So you all. dropped Pep to Oh, well, I said that last time I was... I would, yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if he does. He was going to pick the strongest team on the day. That's what he's always done. He's, he's never revealed it before. before so one before. thing that I've seen various <laughs> Arsenal journalists suggest is that they think Emery will play Czech, not because he thinks he's the best choice for Arsenal, but because if he has, if, even if he hasn't promised him it, if there is this precedent set by playing one keeper in the cup competitions, if he breaks away from that precedent, he could upset other players. Johnny, he started Czech as a Premier League goalkeeper at the start of the season. And Lena was our cup keeper. Then he switched once Czech was injured. So th- that that premise, there is no premise. There, that's just it's a myth that's been dredged up by somebody. Well, that's become it, it, it is what a lot of top clubs do. The but o- he has the only but player. One, but remember, he's not. He's not. Czech did not start as the cup keeper. No. Leno did. Well, Czech the Europa the League. Number, the Europa League. He's played every game. Czech was the number one keeper. But once well, you start them, Giles, only because he only just signed Leno, it was fairly quickly established. At, he started him at, no, as number one, so he didn't, I don't believe he's promised him anything. The, I mean, the only, but mm-hmm. it does happen all the time, though. It does happen. But the only just... team that's bucked the trend is Pep Guardiola. Went back to his in the cup final. He went back to his um, in the League Cup final. Sorry, the other guy played all the way through, and then he played um, Edison in the cup final. Still, that's that's Guardiola's got. I mean, it doesn't mean that che- um, Emery's going to go down history and look at what Wenger did with Wright. And I must admit, I, I thought I thought it had the most of the. I thought the media when I was on holiday were saying that Czech had been promised he would play, but I, I was on holiday. So. I don't believe that's the case. And you don't think that Emery might be taken in by the sentimentality of the fact that it's Petr Cech's last game as a professional. He's had such a good career, so on and so forth. I hope not. 
If Czech has been the only reason I say he will go for the Dominic Czech is because he's been the if he's been the cup the the Europa League keeper throughout this campaign, why change it? Which he has been. If that's the case, then I wouldn't be surprised if he starts him. I don't think there's anything to do with sentimentality. He's playing his last games, got at Chelsea, blah blah blah. If you look at Czech, Czech, Czech's comments don't strike me as somebody that's certain of his place. He's been saying, I, 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 I really want to play this game. Yeah. I really hope this. I really hope that. You look at Leno. He's got to say that. Yeah. But he, he, he's not, he doesn't strike you as somebody that's assured of his place. Well, Leno's comments, as you were suggesting, yeah. Giles, are very, very interesting. Yeah. He did an interview with Charles Watts, who's Goal.com's Arsenal correspondent. And Charles was asked, asked him, rather, what do you think should happen? Do you hope Jack plays? And he said, listen, it's a cup final. I want to play in it. Yeah, of course he does. Ben Foster, ben Foster was the opposite. He said, like, well, you know, even if I was given the cup final game, I'd give it to Aurelio because it's his last game. doesn't mean that Leno has to be the same. You know, look, let's just see how it all plays out on Wednesday night. You know, that's how I see it. If 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 he goes to check, maybe he's played him number one as a Europa League keeper all the, all, throughout the whole campaign. If he goes with Leno, it's obviously that he feels that he's better at playing out from the back. He's part of the, you know, it gives us a better chance of playing. Mm. The other potential story in terms of team selection is many of us thought that Danny Welbeck had played his last game for the club. Could we see him on the bench? No, 100%. Yes. Could we see him on he's the pitch? He's going out there, isn't he? Oh, he's, he's going. He's no, he, he, he's he, I think there. we'll see him on the pitch. For how long? At some point. Oh, I think, it, well, it depends obviously how the game's going, but, you know, it, 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 sentimentality won't come into that either. Uh, but he is the sort of player, if things aren't going well or if you want to stretch your lead and someone else is tired, I would rather see him come off the bench than any other player at Arsenal right now. And he is also, regardless of fitness, the club's third best striker. If he plays with the two, and he was scoring. For, he was scoring for mm. fun at the start of the Europe. Europe well, I know they were pub teams, but, <laughs> but he was he was scoring well yeah. in the Europa League. Yeah. And it would be a great story. Yes, it would. You know, he's he yeah. scored some iconic goals for Arsenal. Yeah. Where better to sign off? And it was interesting to find out, obviously, from the club this week that it was his decision, not theirs. He was offered a new contract last reduced, year, wasn't it? and reduced he said rate. he just said, yeah. "Look, I, I I would rather run down if it's okay with you and leave on a Bosman. I want to play first team football and fair play." He's yeah. never given. He's been so unfortunate with injuries, yeah. poor guy. He's never given less than 100. percent He always plays with, plays with a smile on his face, and for me, and will always be man of the match in the 2017 FA Cup final. And partly, of course, because of those injuries, Danny Welbeck's been out of the England squad for quite some time. We do have breaking news into the studio. He's in it. Gareth Southgate (laughs) has announced his final 23-man squad for the Nation League. We can exclusively confirm here on the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport Radio that Danny Welbeck isn't in that squad. They've cut Kieran Trippier from that squad. Winks, Ward Pros and Redmond also miss out, although Fabian Delph and Callum Wilson are in. So it's a strong squad, but a couple of surprise selections for Gareth Southgate ahead of the summer. It's sounding like there'll be no surprise selections for Arsenal as they take on Chelsea on Wednesday night in that Europa League final. But Maurizio Sarri has got an injury crisis on his hands. Coming up, we'll be talking to Love Sports' very own David Chidgy to find out how Chelsea will be approaching the fixture. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Dave Seeger and Giles Aniam of Gunnerstown. And I'm delighted to say that we're also joined on the line by David Chidgy of the Chelsea Fancast, chair of the Chelsea Supporters Trust and, of course, of the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio, 8 to 9pm every Friday. Chidge, good evening. Is Kante going to play? Are you confident? 
Uh, well, I mean, uh, I've read the most recent reports I've read is that they're, they're hopeful that he'll play. Um, he set out uh, training, obviously, but I think the, 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 you know, the info I'm getting is that it's not quite as bad as they thought it was. But uh, I mean, as you, as you know, Johnny, on Friday when we were doing the Chelsea show, uh, we were talking then about would he be fit enough uh, having you know, come back from his hamstring injury. So um, I am worried. I mean, Kante is a huge miss on top of losing Rudiger, who's arguably, arguably been our best defender, and Loftus-Cheek, who has arguably been our best midfielder in the last couple of months. So, you know, losing Kante is the last thing we need, I have to say. Um, what, what, what injury has he sustained? Is it a knee injury or something? Yeah, he, he twisted his knee, knee giles, apparently. Um, as I said, he's just come back from a hamstring injury. I mean, again, as I said, you know, I'm not entirely convinced he might have been fully fit, even, even so. But apparently he twisted his knee and they thought it was quite bad, but apparently it settled down. And he drove uh, to the training ground before they left, and he's gone. He's gone with them. He's just resting a bit, and hopefully he'll be okay. But uh, you know, it's, for, for me, there's a doubt whether he's fully match fit. And also, the pit, match the, 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 although the UEFA have given the pitch five out of five, I've looked at it, and there's some there's patches, some sort of patches on that pitch. Yeah. It's not perfect. It's not the sort of uh, pitch you want to be jarring your knee on if you've already got it a little bit dodgy. Um, what, so, what's it like, Dave? Is it hard or is it you know is it soft? I mean, because you remember we played out in. Uh, Boston on a pitch that looked like somebody just put a carpet over it, and that's arguably why Loftus Cheek did his Achilles. So, is it is it soft like that, or is it a hard pitch? I'm not sure. I, I think it's know. soft, but there's mm. just some patches that yeah. aren't properly grasped. But I mean, they covered them over, sort of thing, to make it look a little bit better than yeah. it's, you know. It's I, not perfect. Well, I don't know. I don't know what... it's the same for both sides, isn't it? So, yeah. you know. no. But I just mean if you're carrying an injury, mm. it's, yeah, uh, it true may, enough. It may be unforgiving. Yeah. So who's your? So it'd be uh, I'd say Jorginho Kovac. Kovacovic, is it? Is that well, as Harry Redner would say, uh, Giles, we're down to the bare bones when right. it comes to midfielders. So, it, I mean, it basically, uh, if Kante isn't fit, mm. that means it will only leave him with Jorginho, Kovacic and Ross Barkley. Has mm. Danny Drinkwater uh, not flown then, Dave? Uh, <laughs> Lord only knows. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's probably on a sun lounger somewhere earning his 50 grand a week or whatever. <laughs> it's more than that, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's kind oh, of exactly. almost double that. Yeah, you're probably so right. So anyway, know. so the big question is, Oli Giroud against his old team or Higuain? Well, absolutely. I mean, for me, it's got to be Oli Giroud. Um, he's, uh, he's already scored. I think he's, he's the equal top scorer in the Europa League this season with uh, the wonderful uh, Jovic, who really impressed me mm. uh, when we played against Eintracht Frankfurt. Mm. Uh, so Oli's been on fire in the Europa League this season. Um, and frankly, Higuain has stunk the place out and has not endeared himself to Chelsea fans for being ba- basically uh, slow, fat, and rather disinterested. So who misses that's out? Po- Is... That's being positive. So who's that? Who misses out? Is it Pedro or William that will miss out on the right hand side then? Well, I, I, well, I don't. I, well, that's a good question. I mean, Hazard's obviously going to be on the left. Uh, it's a really tough one. I mean, he tends to kind of swap it around. Um, William tends to get the nod for the bigger games but I mean he's been quite disappointing this season if the truth were to be told uh, Pedro's been okay in fits and starts I mean he's had injury troubles this season he's, he's arguably you know technically the best finisher in the in the side weirdly mm. uh, but uh, again he's, he's very hit and miss he it depends I think a lot more as to, to what kind of threat Sarri thinks Arsenal will be because Pedro's very good at tracking back 
whereas Williams not. So mm. that may come into his mind, particularly obviously because Hazard will be on the left. Well, and he yeah, well, Kalazinak, Kalazinak. Obviously, we we think we're going to play three three four one two, and Kalazinak does right. rampage forward a lot. So Pedro, it, it, that might indicate Pedro over William. Then yeah, I mean, I'm well, worried about both our wing backs because. Yeah, I, I, a smart man would probably pick Pedro then, but uh, you know, Sarri does what he likes. You know, invariably doesn't even bother thinking about how Arsenal or whoever might play. So, Lord only knows. So, um, I mean, go on. So, in the corresponding, the last, our last league fixture, we won two nil. We put Ramsey on on Jorginho, and he basically, for me, disrupted him, marked him out of the we game. We discussed this, David, on the yeah. show yesterday. Actually. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, to all and sundry outside of Chelsea, we think if you if you put somebody on Jorginho, that's you guys kind of. Nullified. Nullified. We've got. We've, yeah. We haven't got. We haven't got that player now. We've got Mesut Ozil. So <laughs> um. well, maybe they'll cancel each other out another way. I don't know. <laughs> so do you believe that though? Do you believe? Is, is, it, is it? Is it as simple as that? You you get you you take Jorginho out of the game. You've effectively taken out more than sixty percent of um, Chelsea's um, attacking threat. Yeah, to a degree, Giles. I mean, and that's really predominantly because you know. Sarri's whole entire system is dependent upon Jorginho uh, being on the ball and uh, and getting it up the field quickly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you stick. I mean, I mean, basically anybody who's completely rolled us over this season has just stuck a man or two on Jorginho and taken him out of the game. Sack, well, sack say, the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I would say, uh, and I mean, he's poor old Jorginho has got a lot of stick because. You know, he's he's kind of been scapegoated as Sarri's man or Sarri's love child, as we like to call him. <laughs> um, so, you know, he, he gets a lot of unfair stick. I would be really honest about this and say, actually, in the last month or two, you know, certainly the run in at the end, he, he improved a lot, by which I mean he seemed to run a lot more, cover a lot more and tackle a lot more and get stuck in, which, of course, is a prerequisite in the Premier League. Mm. And I think that he didn't endear himself to us at all because, I mean, basically what we used to say at the beginning of the season was, I mean, he's, he, he can pass, there's no doubt about that, but he can't run and he can't tackle. And if you wanted a midfielder who can pass and not run and not tackle, you might as well have played Fabregas. Well, you could have, bought, you could have, bought, you could have bought Granite Xhaka. Um, we could have done that, but we had Fabregas at the time, if yeah. you remember, who then went so, in, uh, in the January I, transfer. I suppose the only other uncertainty in your selection would be who gets the nod at left back then. Yeah, I mean, that'll be a toss-up between Emerson and, uh, and Alonso. I mean, Alonso's form absolutely deserted him, uh, you know, come the new year. Uh, I, I suspect, as we, we, you know, you may have well read the, uh, the interview that he did this week where he wasn't exactly uh, positive about Sarri, but uh, I, I have a suspicion it was also down to, uh, you know, not really getting what Sarri wanted him to do. I mean, I've got, a, I've got a bigger issue with Alonso, who I love. I think he's a fantastic player. He's a great wing-back, but he's not yeah. a left-back. You know, and he certainly doesn't have the pace to cover back. And it being that Aspilicueta doesn't get very far forward, it tends to be left to, uh, to Alonso, who then gets stranded upfield. And I mean, when we lost 3-1 to Spurs, they absolutely exploited that perfectly because they kept on going down the right because he wasn't there. And of course, that exposes Luis, which of course is an issue. Well, talking of an exposed defence, Chidge, how on earth are Chelsea going to handle Arsenal's front two? Um, well, that's a good question, you know, because they, I mean... It's really interesting. If you look at the, the forget the league form in, in the Premier League, look at the respective Europa League. I mean, Chelsea have done brilliantly. I think it's the, it's, they're on a record unbeaten run. But actually, they weren't too impressive against Frankfurt. I thought we were quite, I mean, we're okay in the first leg, actually. And I thought we were the better team by country mile, but we just didn't, you know, put the ball on the back of the net, which has been our biggest failing all season. But the, the leg at Stamford Bridge, I thought we were very lucky to squeak through. 
on penalties. Whereas Arsenal, who we thought would struggle when they played Napoli, had a brilliant result out of Napoli. I mean, you know, let's, let's not, not beat around the bush here. That was a fantastic away result for Arsenal. And again, against Valencia, I thought that they were superb in the uh, the second leg there. So, Valencia just yeah, won the that, Spanish but, Cup beating Barcelona as well. So that yeah, puts some so context I, so on I that. Gather. So, you know, clearly that puts the result into even more context. The bottom line is, if, if Lacazette and Evan Mayung, you know, fire, they're a handful for anybody. So we need to, uh, we need respect- to, we're going to have to ask you for a prediction then, I think, because Johnny's looking to... Uh... Well, I'm going to be consistent. I was consistent. I started this on, on Friday with Johnny. I, I was consistent with you yesterday on the Fans Forum show. So I'm not going to change my mind. It's going to be really tight, I think. Uh, and I suspect it might go to penalties and Hazard will score the winning penalty and we will win. We will squeak it, Dave, because that's what we do. And then he woke up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chid, you were so popular until then. Thanks ever so much for your Cheers, time. Mate. Cheers, Cheers Dave. boys. Have a good one. Cheers, Chidge. David Chidgey there, who is, of course, of the Chelsea Fancast, chair of the Chelsea Supporters Trust and is, of course, also of our very own Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport every week, 8 to 9 p.m. on Fridays. He's confident, reasonably so. He thinks it'll take penalties. Trust me, I did the fans forum with him yesterday. He really isn't. <laughs> <laughs> he really isn't very confident. Are you confident? It's a pick'em. I think it's a pick'em game. Even with their injuries, um, they've got Hazard, and they've, that's you know, got, the that's you know. the uh, star quality. Because yeah. Maitland-Niles, however much he's improved, however good he's been. You know, it, you know, if he was the best right back in the country, you'd struggle against Eden Hazard. Well, if Eden Hazard does what he can do, well, you saw in, the, the, in that, that game at Stamford Bridge this season, we had Bellerin on him. Mkhitaryan was supposed to be helping Bellerin, didn't. Hazard and Alonso were having a field day down the left, down sorry, um, Bellerin's channel. At Valencia, they doubled up on 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 the young boy. They had um, Guedes and the other left back Guaya. It was only until Emery belatedly Plotted worked it, it out and yeah. then used um, a Bamiang on the right that we, we kind of snuffed it out Hazard's much better than Guedes yeah. he's, a, he's a star player he's you know one of the top players in the it's world it's interesting you said that about Bamiang because I I think you, you probably mm. remember I tweeted up yeah. I've you know Bamiang's had good games he's scored good goals that away leg in Valencia I've yeah. never seen him play he was all over the pitch. He was Brilliant. winning tackles. He was tracking back. He was supporting Maitland. He was everywhere. Going beyond he, people, taking he, people on. If he, he was taking people on, he was taking the ball into the corner. He just did. He just couldn't have had a better game. If he plays like that, I think we win. And I, and that's why those two, him and Lacazette, I think they're going to be so up for it. Yeah, they're going to be so up for it that they they are. I think they are. The difference makers. I think it could game. be a high scoring. I mean, I said three one yesterday. I'm thinking it could even be three two. It could be a thriller. Yeah. It really could. In terms both, of both teams are average defensively. Sorry, yeah. no, it's very true. In in terms of star men and star men being up for it. Of course, the concern with Hazard from an Arsenal perspective isn't just his talent. It's the fact that he likes to do it against Arsenal. And it's his last ever and game. And it's his last game. Are you worried he's going to step it up to a whole new level? I'd be I'd be surprised if he doesn't. I'd be surprised if he has a stinker on on, on Wednesday night. I, I, I think he's, his whole demeanour is it's like he's, this, he's, he's looking to play but on the But this is the thought of thing I speak to Dave stand. every week. This is the sort of thing that worries Chigi. Is Sarri doesn't seem to see what everyone else... For example, Hazard loves playing with Olivier Giroud. Yeah. Just like uh, players he said it, ask. Didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He said it. The, the one twos, that he gets the yeah. movement. Higuain is a statue mm. compared to Giroud. Even, and Giroud's not quick, but Giroud <laughs> gets the interplay thing with Hazard. And I think. I think he'll start Higuain. I think he'll start Giroud. I, well, I hope he'll start Higuain. I, I think he will. I, I think he should start Giroud. 
10 goals in the Europa League this season for Giroud. I think it's quite hard. And I know it's not just a statistical question, but when a player has been performing like that in a competition, do hard you, not to play. But that's like, do you a, think check, this will, like a check question. Do, that is like a check do you question. think this will be a European game or a Premier League game? It's a very, very good question. I think it'll be a European game between Premier League clubs. I think you can't legislate. It's like a cup final and then some because it's not even like it's being played in Madrid. We've argued a lot yeah, about yeah, it being yeah. played in Baku. They're in completely uncharted territory here on, as Dave was suggesting, probably a less mm. than perfect pitch. It's not going to be a standard London derby. It's not going to be that whoever scored, you know, get, get out the traps first, I mean, score early yeah. type of thing. Although I, I think we might do that. I, I just wonder if it's going to be a Premier League game. In, it depends on the climate. I don't know how hot it's going to be. It's, it's going to be really late over, isn't it? Like 11 o'clock their time or Is something. It? Their time or something. So I just, I, I got a feeling it might be, I, I don't know if it's going to be a slow European cagey game. I think it might be a, you know. It's going to be lively. I'm with Dave, I think. I think it's going to be a yeah. rumbustuous. Yeah, I hope so. I hope yeah. that's not a kiss of death, Dave. <laughs> no, he hasn't said Arsenal will win. Yeah, 3-1. 3-1. 3-1 I said yesterday. In terms of key men, you're going just the front two. Sometimes in cup finals, we do see unlikely heroes. Well, let's the... just see if Ozil can be the unlikely hero because he owes us a massive game in Europe. You know, we haven't had one for a couple of years. I don't, I don't think we've had a massive game from Ozil since Leicester at home in the autumn. Mm. The last yeah. time. I mean, well, there's been a third player who's been in one of our key players, and that was Czech. If you look at the Rennes, yeah. uh, Valencia, he's really, Napoli, he's, some massive saves. No, absolutely. Massive saves. Yeah. So um, if he plays, I expect him to be a, another key player as well. But yeah, um, I, I I think we'll win. I hope we'll win. I think Koscielny's, we'll it, it could be, in the same way Hazard has been a, obviously a stellar servant for Chelsea, yeah. Laurent Koscielny has been oh, yeah. a massive servant for yeah. Arsenal, you know, over an eight-year period. And it what sounds like the noise is coming out of the club that he wants a longer contract than we're going to offer him, so he may well be off this in the summer. Be, He's uh, also so a man who's been destroyed by Hazard before. Is there a worry? Has he? He has, in the one where Coquelin goes flying. Yeah, but any, every, everyone in the Premier League has been destroyed by Hazard. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. think I don't think there's a precedent there necessarily. Yeah, I think Koscielny will be well rested. Koscielny, mm. when he's rested this season, has had some massive games yeah. for Arsenal, and hopefully he'll put it all on the line. Yeah, yeah. he will. Yeah. And Socrates always does. Yeah. Always, very true. Talking of putting it all on the line, it is that time of the show where I have to press you for your predictions. Dave, you're sticking with three-one. I'm sticking with three-one. The thing that anything that, the thing that worries me is Maitland-Niles, Eden Hazard. Obviously, that that is a, that is a massive challenge and test for young Ainsley. Um, he's got a point to prove if we're being linked with right-backs. Bellerin's coming back. He'll want to have a big game. He's not been selected for the under-21s. He's got so much to prove. I hope he has a massive game, but that's that's my big concern. Other than that, I think we're actually, despite the league table, I think we are a better side. 3-2 um, and extra time to us. So it's double it confidence here on the Arsenal fan show. <laughs> it's an expensive night at the pub for me then. It <laughs> it's a massively important game on Wednesday. If Arsenal win, not only will they have a piece of European silverware, they will also have a place in next season's Champions League. You'll have to join us next Monday to look back on what will surely be a glorious win for the game. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. 